0: that we've, uh, we're waiting for have not yet battered down the door frame with their wet feet, maybe because it's raining here in lovely San Francisco. And everyone's All the snowflakes get wet, and they melt. They're like, I can't
1: leave the house!
0: I'm a snowflake! Uh, hey, we're going to start in just a second. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. Fantastics Comedy Clubhouse. a clap for yourself it, it's it's such a strange like thing every month when I get the stats and I'm like there are so many people listening <laughs> and they seem to like it I guess they keep listening I'm just like come on over friends to uh 21st in Florida this is where we exist here at mutinyradio.fm give it up for yourselves for being here for the show Woo-hoo! yes uh it hey it's a. you guys are actually the only reason I feel like you guys are a small audience is that I just came back from doing comedy in Little Rock, Arkansas and people are literally twice as big, like they take up two chairs, they feel like a bigger audience you know, like six feels like 12 they're just big people, it was fun, Little Rock was lovely, uh, not to it's just it's such a bummer because I had, I had so much material and I'm just, I'm too little to make fun of fat people so that's never gonna work I'm like what can I write about? I'm like ah you're not allowed to I learned that in my years of comedy that no matter what if you're white you can't say the n-word and if you're skinny you cannot make fun of fat people people don't like it it's okay I shouldn't I shouldn't be sizist I I mean that's a thing right uh okay this isn't what I wanted to talk about (laughs) But that's the thing when you have a bunch of comedians in the room, you're like, oh God, you got to try to make comedians laugh. I better talk about like touching baby dicks or something weird. Like I am a nanny. It's okay. I touch baby dicks for money. There's a difference. I am. I am a nanny though. It's. I do. I take. I take care of people's children. They trust me. It's weird. I have so many keys. You wouldn't believe it. Like I was on the bus and a small child was like, "Mommy, why does she have so many keys?" And I looked the kid in the face and I was like, "People trust me." <laughs> So creepy. Just <laughs> trying to creep out the kid. Cool. I am. I am. I am a nanny, and it's a fun job. Uh, it's like <laughs> I I I cried recently because I was at the Thanksgiving table, and my best friend's son, who's like a teenager, he's seventeen now, and he looks at me and he says, "Pam, you know what's so great about you? You're like, no matter how old you get." You're always going to be a teenager. And I started crying. I was like, that is the best compliment I've ever gotten, you know, from like a 17-year-old boy. And he was like, it wasn't a compliment. And I, was, I was making fun of you in front of your friends and family. I was like, really? <laughs> I didn't get that. Do you have a good Thanksgiving? You guys are raring up for Christmas. Yeah. Did you go to a bad sweater party or is this like your regular look? I wear all the this is the right. Re- you like that you're going with the bright colors and the sweaters and the Santa. Do you still believe in Santa? alright. Oh, you don't. Okay. No, no. I mean, I believe in the spirit of Christmas, and there were a bunch of guys down in the Tenderloin that are... Dr- there was It was SantaCon last week, you guys. Oh, there were so... I, how can I not believe in Santa? There are like tons of them, and they're all d- drunk and running around, taking... It was like they thought that the questionably housed people were props or something. They're like posing with them like, selfie! <laughs> like 12 beers Santa outfit, and It wasn't wasn't an appropriate day for many people. Uh, But I do live in the Tenderloin and wow, I I play a game with small children. We hold hands and um, when we see a pile on the ground, I say, man or beast, man or beast? It's a fun game to play. you have them guess, is it man or beast? And what I learned from a four-year-old is if it's up against a wall, it's always man. They understand physics at that age. I don't know how that's I don't know how that's possible. That's they're just so amazing. Every child has an iPad now. That's great. I'm I'm scared for like 30 years in the future where a, a huge insurgence of like hand cancer is a thing. It's like like no one has hands. Can you imagine some like dystopian novel where no one has fingers or like your fingers start to fall off once you're 40 and they were like that. They, those were the ones that were born with them in their hands. Like you know. Like, <laughs> I'm just waiting for some new like. their their finger falls off. They wouldn't tell you though, right? Like if you're junior higher who's been using all this touchscreen technology since they were born, they're like swiping, swiping for you. And their finger falls off. They, you wouldn't know. They don't talk to anybody anymore, right? They just, you wouldn't see it. It would be like the hidden disease. Like people would like be wearing gloves or just thinking about the future hand cancer. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll be dead from like real cancer, but they're going to come up with Or something. And I quit smoking. I did. uh, Smoked for 22 years of my life. Oh, you don't need to clap. Doesn't matter. I should have never started in the first place. Oh, was that just in my head that I thought I heard people clapping? Oh, no, you were really clapping. Yeah, I didn't quit just so I could be like, hey, everybody, I totally have a reason for you to clap for me now. I used to do something dangerous and abusive to my body, but now I was just worried about the wrinkles around my lips. It was pure vanity. It's the only reason I quit. I love smoking. I miss smoking so much. But I was really worried about those funky wrinkles. It's like when you put lipstick on, which I don't usually do, but when you do put it on and it travels into the trenches, like the deep trenches, it feels like World War I veterans are inside my lips, like having a a war with my psyche. They're like, you'll never be pretty again. You're old now. When will you figure it out? <laughs> it's, I just, I loved Halloween because I got to you know be sexy and it's the only time of the year where I really feel like I can wear hot pants without people making fun of me you know like no not a hot pants crowd (laughs) i was at a strip club last week uh, doing comedy but i there's no shame in the game so i just sort of dropped trowel and just like let it all hang out and i showed i wasn't worried because i have so much pubic hair it's like a hair skirt it's like you can't see anything happening here. I f- did not feel any shame. But then I lifted to show everybody, and all the guys were like, oh! like they were horrified. Like they were, they couldn't, they're like, oh! like, oh! it was, you wouldn't believe that. It, it was a gap, like the air, it was, everyone was smoking pot in there, and the air was just literally gone from the room. for they, like, oh! they couldn't, I had no idea that like, like feminist 70s butch, disco bushes, and is that not respected anymore? Like that's, <laughs> was that ever it was like I feel like I want to be a new superhero who's just like all the power comes from my pew like a Samson but a woman Samson like with like I could put guys in headlocks like feel the power of my hair Ah." it's a lot it's a lot to deal with but (laughs) that's the thing is like A I don't want to clog the shower at this point B I'm a feminist or whatever and C I'm lazy but so Thank God my boyfriend's in the room. He has no problem with the 70s disco bush. Uh, but I told him, I was like, if you have a problem with this, feel free to shave it yourself, like maybe when I'm asleep, I would just wake up, whoa, okay, great, it's gone. The point is I don't wanna do it. He also plucks my face hairs, which is so sweet. The problem is I'm so old now, I have ocular degeneration, it, I can't see close up anymore, and I can't, so I can't see my, I didn't pluck my eyebrows for three weeks, because I couldn't see that they were hairy, and then I got in this light, and I was like, ah! <laughs> so he's been helping me, pluck my face uh, because I, it's too scary for the world to see uh, what I look like but we were out and he does a great job he's like my new esthetician but we were in front of the bus stop and the sun was shining on my face and he looked at me and he said I love you so much like every day with you is just magic you've got a hair right there I've just I've got like pocket tweezers just hold on for a second I'm like not at the bus stop he's at the he's on the army against my facial hair it's just like he doesn't have to be a general you can you can you can just be a soldier, honey. It's okay. Uh, but fa- the hair is great. Uh, I am a feminist. Knock, knock. Who's feminism. feminism. I can get my own door. Thank you very much. I can get the door. I think it's the precept of feminism. I don't know how that works. Uh, knock, knock. Who's Jesus. Jesus who's yeah, I didn't expect it from you heathens. Jesus who? I know. Who was that guy? Is he an allegory? Is he in the room with us right now? I don't know what's happening. When I did that joke in Arkansas and they said, who's there? I was like, this is the Bible Belt. I thought more of you people. And I got a
1: really big laugh
0: on it. I was like,
2: yes.
0: I used to be a super Christian. But we want to get to the show. Fuck my jokes. Uh, yeah, that was 10 minutes. That's good enough. <laughs> I know what 10 minutes feels like. You know, close on something close on something good. Uh, I, you know, I... Have fantasies I don't know you guys look like a couple I don't know if you like fantasize together or how that works out for you but I have a fantasy um, I want to be with a, an uncircumcised guy because I want to I pull up his force want to put his dick and I want to pull his foreskin up over his dick and I want to put whiskey in his foreskin because I want whiskey dick for real <laughs> can I finally get what I want you know it's twofold um, one I am an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey uh, and two Boys are gross, and you have to clean out all that schmegma. They're gross little creatures. Uh, All right, thanks. I've been Pam Benjamin. You're here at the show. You can clap for me. Yay! Zoobada-doobada-dow. It's Pam Totson's Comedy Clubhouse. Consider yourselves warmed up. We sing a little song. If you know how it goes, sing with me, and then, get ready for a fire show. You're here for fire. There's a couple of, it's really, it's a really good lineup of incredibly funny people, and I'm, I'm, humbled and honored that they're here tonight for the show. Uh, also, the actual audience member. Yes, real people. OK, so here's how the song goes. M-U-T-I-N-Y, comedy, clubhouse, comedy. Clubhouse. Comedy. Clubhouse. Together, we will bring our jokes up high, Hi, hi, hi. M U T I N Y comedy clubhouse. You want to come inside my clubhouse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay! Yay! Yeah! I am so excited! For tonight's show, and I hope you guys are too. Your first comedian of the night. He's a champion. He just opened for Jen Kirkman at Cobbs, which is awesome because I read her stupid first person novel like four years ago. She's been famous for a long time, and and he is here. He was at Cobbs opening for a Okay. I am so excited to have him on the stage. Put your hands together. For Anthony Zaccaro. Yay! Yay!
3: All right, uh, how's it going, everybody? Good, that sounds about right, that's okay. Um, I, uh, I look like a lot of things, I'm realizing. Uh, I look like someone uh, got mugged by Seth Rogen and I'm the police sketch. Like they, they got a few things right, you know, they didn't really remember. I look like uh, if someone's never seen a Jewish person in their life and then they had to draw one, you know, just some stuff they've heard. You know, just like penciled it in. Um, I look like Mark Zuckerberg if he was human. (laughs) I basically, I just look like I have a face that just is like time has passed. Like that's, that's my face. Like I, 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 people think they know me all the time. I'm like, they're like, Hey, I think I know you. I'm like, Hey, I think you're anti-Semitic. I think you once knew a Jewish person. And then now I'm in front of you. Um, but I'm not, um, I look Jewish, but I'm not Jewish. Um, like I, I, look Jewish. I mean, it could be worse. I could actually be Jewish. Uh, that joke never works, but I love it so much. I love that joke so much. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I get why people think I look Jewish. I check all the boxes, you know, like I, I, get it. Like, I'm not like a six, four black man. Like, are you Jewish? No, I get it. Like I'm Italian. So close, Right like it was close enough like right around 1939 it was close enough like some of us Italians we got in the wrong line we saw smoke we thought there was a deli that's the longer version of uh, at least I'm not Jewish the previous joke I like to start out with anti-semitism and then you can just go up from there Um, my head looks the same upside down as it does right side up we know this already You're looking at me like, this guy looks like a microphone. This should be better. Uh, uh, What else? What else? My name is Anthony. I like my name. I feel like white people are just getting weird with names lately. Like, did did we catch the ABCD? ABCDE? That woman that named her kid ABCDE and then had the white Christian balls to be offended that people there was like pushback to that at Southwest or whatever. Like, oh yeah, Delta drags people off flights, but Southwest makes fun of your shitty kid's name. Um, Yeah, that's way better airline. Um, But yeah, uh, she named her kid ABCD, which is fucked up because the kid has mental disabilities, right? Like I, I read that. And that is interesting because the first time that kid wrote her name down, the teacher must have looked at it it was like this is way worse than I thought. Uh, uh, I we need to we, I need to call some people. She just I don't know. She just wrote the first five letters of the alphabet. The right up there on the banner. I don't know if she I don't know if she knows her name. Um, I found out the other day as well that there was a white woman named her white son Blade. Blade. She had a white kid and she named her kid Blade. That kid's gonna look like how he looks and have to introduce himself his entire life. There's a Y in that name also. I'll let you find out where. Um, (laughs) There's always a Y. But yeah, uh, that kid is like, hi, my name is Blade. Blake? No, much worse. (laughs) Much worse. My parents hate me is silent. Uh, uh, What's the whitest name? What's the whitest name? Shout it out. Chad, Chad is a, a very white name. Chad's like if your name is Chad, conversations about you start when you leave rooms. That's that's just a fact about all Chads. Uh, what's what's another white name? Shut it out. Mervin, ooh, that's that is racist white. That is old old white. M- Marvin, Mar Marvin is a little blacker than Mervin. Mervin Mervin is like wizardy and like grand wizardy. Mervin. Like, you know white named I know a bunch of white people. Like, I look like this. I know a couple people named Mervin. Um, but yeah, like, like there's a department store that failed called Mervin's, and it's yeah, and another white name Ross. That's also a department. White people are named after department stores. Um, what's another white name? Last one, Todd. 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 Yeah, that. Todd is like mid-level accounting manager white, just straight like water cooler white. But there is an answer to this. The whitest name is Chance. Cause that's just white people naming their kids something they'll always get even if they don't deserve it right that's just, they're just getting away with murder on that one like oh this is my daughter Chance oh and my other kid financial security it's nice yeah and I'm uh, and I'm second chances his mother uh, what else um, I, I'm a f- huge fan of hip hop as you can tell by the everything about me. Um, I love I love hip hop. I've lately I've been looking far too into certain lyrics though and it's like uh, it's bad I should st- I should stop doing that. like Redman, Redman has a line where he goes, I got a 1.1 on my SATs, but I still push a whip with the right and the left AC. So you got a one point. 1 on his SATs. Don't you get like 30 fucking points for writing your name? Like he must have just wrote down the first letter and it's just like, R? His name's not even Redman yet. He's in high school. Um, but yeah, I got a 1.1 on my SATs, but I still push a whip with the right and the left AC. Uh, that's standard, right? This this guy's bragging about having air conditioning on both sides of his car, like I want to hear more Red Men songs where it's just like, yeah, my whip has a gas and a brake pedal. Four windows in this bitch right down the, yeah. Um, Lloyd Banks, remember Lloyd Banks? Exactly. Lloyd Banks has a line where he goes, "Uh, I'll be caught dead if I'm with an old snitch. I've been gang banging since Jaws was a goldfish. A uh, couple of things with this. Uh, does how, what does Lloyd Banks think baby sharks are? That they they start out as goldfish? Like that's, that's like and I, I'm just picturing Lloyd Banks with his son, just like he just got him a goldfish and he's like, "See, there you go, son." And then the kid's like, "Dad, why is the tank so big?" He'll grow into it. He'll grow into it. But then we got to get rid of him after six months. I'm not trying to be LL Cool J and Deep Blue. Didn't he live in that movie? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the exception. <laughs> Black people die first in movies. That's, that's, the, that's the joke there. Um, what else? What else? Uh, Warren G. Warren G. Has a line that's, uh, what's next? What's next? What's N-X-E-T? Well, you, you got it right the first time, and you got it right the second time. But then when it came down to spelling it, he wrote n and then thought what's next x-e-t uh there's a reason i don't tell these jokes i'm gonna move on um all right so i found out the other day that there's a rapper named oj da Juice man oj da Juice man i didn't know you could do that i didn't know you could remix a killer's name and that's your rap moniker now i didn't know that was possible like what's next lil wayne gacy Lean Harvey Oswald, John Wilkes in the booth, Notorious BTK, Steezy Fromm, Jay-Z Dahmer, Bonet, Thugs in Harmony, the brother, we all know he did it, and Suge Knight. Every time I tell that joke, just—even even though there's silence because no one knows who Suge Knight is in most rooms, um, I just get grateful that Suge Knight is not in that room as well. <laughs> Kanye West has a line where he goes, uh, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and I get bleach on my t-shirt, I'm gonna feel like an asshole. (laughs) He starts a song this way. Starts a song this way. I actually think this is the least Kanye thing Kanye has ever said. So at first he starts it with if I fuck this model. I thought Kanye was a when. I fuck this model kind of guy. He really seems like a when I, but I think it's cause he's married and he can't like speak in definitives like that anymore. You know, like he's just like, when I fuck this model, Kim just gives him a side eye over her phone with a selfie light. She's just like, if, if I fuck this model and she just bleached her asshole and I get bleached on my t-shirt. Wait, Kanye keeps his t-shirt on during sex. Kanye, you're not a fat guy at the pool. What do you like, like? Like, when I imagine Kanye having sex, which is nightly, by the way, because of a head injury I suffered as a boy, I just think, like, it's just like that scene in American Psycho. It's just mirrors or cameras everywhere. He's not even paying attention to the girl. Um, uh, what else? What else? I. Uh, I, uh, there's a lot of great news stories uh, lately. A lot of like a lot of headlines that we wouldn't believe. Uh, there's this one that I think about. Uh, to be honest, I think about it every day because it's in my act. Uh, but there was this one news story. It was one of my favorites. There was this guy. He had an 140-pound ball sack removed, and it left him with a one-inch dick. <laughs> Why aren't we talking about this? That's 140-pound ball sack remove left him with a one-inch stick after the operation. This guy's a walking would-you-rather question, (laughs) and the answer is neither. This guy, he, like, it grew to 140 pounds. To put that in perspective, Tom Cruise is 145 pounds, right? Tom Cruise is 145 pounds. Uh, Jessica Simpson, 2006 Jessica Simpson, was, like, probably, like, 125, and then, but 2008, it's 1-2008 Jessica Simpson, if we're keeping track of weight. Uh, I'm sorry, she went through a rough time. I shouldn't, I shouldn't go there. Uh, But, yeah, 140 pounds, got it removed, left him with a one-inch tick. and then, so now, like, he had a 13-hour procedure to remove his swollen sac. Yeah, each word in that sentence is worse than the previous word. (laughs) 13, unlucky number. Hour, that's a long time. Procedure, puts the first two in perspective. To remove, now I'm hooked. His swollen sack, Jesus Christ. Like that, that this article was full of them that I read. Like the, he also, it said that he felt like he was a prisoner to the sack. And as someone who lived in Sacramento for many years, I know the feeling. Uh, Sacramento is the Denny's of California no one leaves their house to go to a Denny's yet somehow you just end up at a Denny's that's what Sacramento is um yeah his name was Wesley Warren Jr the art- article is nice enough to print his name I was nice enough to repeat it here um but yeah he had to bring a milk crate with him when he would go on the bus obviously um because to you know to rest. Also, what's written on the side of the milk crate? Anyone remember that? Not for any other use other than transporting milk. Uh, yeah, I think this is what they meant. I think this is exactly what that company meant. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, he just he was just trying to do the right thing because sideways he looked like a capital B. Um, like he spent his whole life trying to looking like he's trying to sneak someone into a movie, and so and he gets it removed, and he's just left like this is true. He tried to sell the removed ball sack on eBay after the fact to pay for the surgery. That's true. That, but then I know the balls on this guy are former balls. Um, and the, the doctor, this is also true, did it for free pro boner and the, well, not really pro he had one, one inch left, but yeah, the, it's like, I would have kept it, you know, that like, that's a conversation starter. Like, Hey Anthony, where'd you get this beanbag chair? funny you should ask and interesting choice of words (laughs) boy do i have a story for you um all right let's see um i'll leave you on this my hair uh my hair makes me like look jewish right like no no one had to struggle to piece that together um but i was wondering, do other religions have a haircut so closely associated with them as judaism is to mine right is that why christians have like one part in their hair but it's only the part they like not the part that's racist or homophobic, It doesn't work in this modern era. you know? Is that why Mormons have a wedge cut so they can keep doors from slamming on them? And uh, that's why bald people are atheists. There is nothing up there. All right. Hey I'm everybody.
0: Anthony Zaccaro, bringing up a lot of questions. I am less than 140 pounds. So, I'm imagining myself as a ball sack for, for, for like the next year, I think, for Halloween. Honey, you want to go as that guy? What was his name again? I'll be the ball. You can carry me around in a milk crate. Wow. Wow. That is some serious side scrote. Have you guys ever noticed that like, it, I think it's, I'd say equality now, right? On, on movies, you could show 180% side boob, cover up the nipple, PG-13, right? Yeah. So I say equality now. I'd like to see some side scrote, right? Balls, genitals are covered, right? Can't see the dick, balls are cupped. And with that guy, we'd get to see the beautiful, like veiny side scrote, like, you know, like in the movies. Are we not for equality? I just feel like, I want to see a Nick Cage movie where Martin Scorsese's directed it and it's like a, it's, you visioned it with me. It's it's in front of a pool, like an infinity pool and it's it's sunset and Nick Cage is coming out of the pool and there's the stairs and his, his dick is above the pool and his balls are still in the water. But What we get to see is this beautiful, veiny, stained glass side scrote for equality, No, just side boob? That's all we're going to go with? Cool, that's good. I'm just all about that guy's ball, 140 pound ball sack. Whoa, you could like, you could like live in it like a bubble boy. You could like, you. anyways, I'm just, I'm gonna have to not dream about that tonight. Thank you, Anthony Zaccaro. Yay. Your next comedian could probably fit inside a 40 pound ball sack. He's a, he's a hilarious guy and I'm, I'm glad he's here. It's a great lineup tonight. You guys are gonna laugh so hard. It's Matthew Quirk. Yay.
4: I know it's gonna be hard to change everyone's mind after that story. I mean, I spent the whole time thinking how I was gonna come up here and say, hey, I'm that 140-pound ball sack. I've decided to pursue a career in comedy. Anyway, so few options for a ball sack. Anyway, this here is a alcohol free zone, but I'm drinking a kombucha, cause fuck the police, man. You can't stop me. What are you gonna do about it? So anyway, uh, I always uh, really interested in the news and what's going on out there in the world. And I don't know who else here is keeping track of that sort of shit. But uh, recently, uh, General Flynn, the guy who was Trump's first pick for national security advisor, uh, you know, he, pled- he got caught colluding with the Russians and got a- you know, arrested for it and uh, immediately started cooperating Uh, This guy was a general, you know, good soldier, totally turning tail and running. And uh, not only that, he was the guy who was supposed to, like, stare down Putin and make Al-Qaeda quiver in their boots and everything. And he folded under no pressure, which is just good soldier. Anyway, uh, this guy is cooperating so fucking hard that the prosecution is like, you know what? you don't deserve any jail time I mean that is some good squealing <laughs> I mean that is a fucking songbird like you know I mean they probably were so amazed at how with a corporate they're like you're free to go man shit I don't good job political junkies in this room huh all right I'll move along so anyway guys recently I had an anniversary uh, it's been eighteen months eighteen months since my transition yeah eighteen months since my transition from an apartment to a van. My transition but I'm cheng. yeah, I know what you guys are thinking. That sounds great living in your van right that's that's the life. Well, let me van explain some stuff to you guys, okay. It's not all sweet out there. I recently came across another ticket on my house, this fucking city, making my rent in San Francisco over the past 18 months about 236 bucks. Yeah, who's the idiot now, right? Right, you housies? Anyway, I remember like it was yesterday, man. Landlord decided to kick us out, raise the rent, kick us to the curb. So I had to like emergency look for somewhere to live in San Francisco. Anybody done that recently? Oh, the humiliation. You got to move like miles away, bridges away. You got to do this shit called shared rooms. Do you guys know what a shared room is? Nobody, somebody, anybody. It's when you're in the same bedroom as another adult that you're not fucking. It's like, no way, man. And then like the applications they have you fill out, it's not just the humiliation of my credit score. They're asking me questions like, you know, what's your spirit animal? I'm like, what the fuck? You know, They're like, what's your theory on bread? I'm like, oh shit, is this a gluten-free household or something? And I'm walking into a buzzsaw. And they're asking shit like, you know, what's your, what's your theory on the what home means to you? And it's like, shit, man, I already don't like these people, and I haven't even moved in yet. Like, I don't want to date my living situation, you know? I just want to fucking... I just want to lay my head. So anyway... (laughs) I moved into my van. And it's great, man, but it's not all guns and roses out there, right? I mean... For one thing, I thought I'd get a lot more pussy in that thing. I thought chicks would dig the murder van. I mean, now that I'm a van sexual and all, I thought I'd be getting, I mean, come on ladies, what's the deal? I own my own home in San Francisco, right? It's gotta be worth something. But I know what you gold diggers are thinking. What neighborhood, right? What neighborhood? Anyone I want, that's what neighborhood. Yeah. (laughs) See, you're with me on that. Yeah, but you know, there is troubles out there living curbside. I mean, you're breathing all your free air, right? Wasting all your free time, no longer under the yoke of a landlord till you blow your internal manifold gasket. Man, I was leaking fluids all over the place. I'm a full Vanny now. But anyway, I dropped my van off into the shop and then I drove my car here to this very important gig for you people That's right. I own a van and a car Because I'm San Francisco homeless More of a homeless sapien If you will But anyway People are like, what are you going to do to fucking break that cycle? I'm like, what cycle, you fucking housey? I'm kicking it out there Oh my God, it's taking my pictures. <laughs> this was meant for airwaves only. Anyway, uh, yes, yeah, so on their curbside, right? What was I talking about? Yeah, Armageddon's coming, so you guys may as well get used to this sort of lifestyle. I mean, you got to learn what it's like to live out there on the streets. You learn valuable skills out there, like how to dump your piss bucket. And blame it on other more homeless people than you are. That's a serious life skill. But anyway, people like, hey man, you doing comedy? You know, living in your van. What are you gonna do? And it's like, actually, I do have an idea. Do you guys know who Jerry Seinfeld is? He's got this comedians and cars getting coffee. Well, that gave me an idea. I'm gonna bite off of that action, and I'm gonna get me a TV show. Called open micers in my van in my van (laughs) look for it on Netflix no but for real they're like so what are you gonna do like you can be a road comic or something and it's like no man I live in my van I I need comedy so I could have access to toilets without having to purchase anything It's a life hack. So all those poo Pam has contests with on the street, I wanna be clear, I am responsible for none of them. Not an animal. I'm just a Vanny. Anyway, why not live in a van? I mean, Armageddon is just around the corner. I know you guys feel it, right? I mean, it's coming. And what are you guys gonna do about it? I mean, as a Gen Xer, I look to the millennials and everyone, and I'm like, I just have no faith in humanity after you guys. I mean, you're all deathly allergic to peanut butter and bread for fuck's sakes. What hope is there? Bread is the thing we most commonly associate with society. And if we can't trust you guys with bread, how can we trust you with society? And you just, you guys, I've tried your stupid diets. I've seen the shit you guys eat, man. You guys have like this Tide Pod challenge. Holy shit. My generation and every generation before me, we used to eat dirt. It gave us grit. But you guys are eating Tide Pods, and it's giving you Darwin. You even got this thing, the condom challenge. You guys know about the condom challenge where people are snorting condoms? Yeah, it's just preposterous. They had a challenge when I was growing up The challenge was to wear a condom. (laughs) You guys fucked that up too. Yeah, your diets, man. I've tried your diets, your fucking kombucha shit. Fuck, I mean, I know I drink it, but man, someone took turnt wine and skunk beer and mixed them together. But now that I'm drinking it, I realize it's the slurry they use for fracking. It's causing major climate change in my microbiomes. And I am producing methane. So I got off of that shit, and I started eating kimchi instead. But now that I'm eating kimchi, I gotta say, what the fuck is wrong with Koreans? How do you make cabbage worse? I eat that stuff, it makes me Kim jong ill. Kim Jong Il (laughs) yeah and since we're talking about Bush earlier your whole generation you too soft with that too man when I was growing up that was the jungle down there you were in the Nam, looking out for Charlie and shit you didn't know which way was north the orgasm was still a myth The G-spot hadn't been invented yet. And like the clitoris was like the Mayan city of gold swallowed up by the jungle. Now it's like the Iraq war down there, man, nothing but scorched earth. No mystery, nothing between you and Baghdad. And we didn't have the vagina monologues or Google Maps to help us out. We just had to learn by doing, and it made us tougher. (laughs) Made us tougher. All right, enjoy the rest of the show, everybody.
0: I started getting a little nervous there with that faintly veiled nom joke (laughs) with our next comedian. (laughs) I am so excited about our next comedian. When I was a little person, I watched a show called 21 Jump Street, and there was an actor, and I had a crush on him, and everyone was like, oh, it must be Johnny Depp. Nay, nay, his name was Dustin. And the thing that's so sad is that it took me until this time in my life to know how to actually pronounce his last name. I forever thought he was like Nagayan. I'd be like, oh my god, that that Dustin Nagayan on 21 Jump Street is so hot. And now what I have learned as I grow as an adult that it's all a one-syllable language and i've learned that from your next comedian i'm very excited to have him here he is a teacher of people through his comedy look what i've learned he helps people in courts and stuff like he's amazing i don't know if you're a da no you're a is that the wrong thing i don't know i don't go to court that's the opposite the complete opposite he's a He's the one who helps the people against the DEA. Public Defender, he's the good guy, he's the best guy. And now I know how to pronounce his last name. (laughs) It's like I try, okay. Everybody put your hands together for the very, very funny. Valeska, win!
5: Man, that was like being introduced by my mom. (laughs) It's like no no other side other side public di- whatever that's fine I know you're proud of me because I'm a lawyer right Pam and mom and rest of the family uh, my name is Velasca and at least one or two times in a day I have to clarify that I'm not Filipino and each time my kids are like whatever mom is Filipino which means we're a Filipino and I'm like Yeah, whatever. You're probably right. My name Velasca comes from where I was born. I was born in Alaska. And my Vietnamese name is Viet, V-I-E-T. It's like the most common Vietnamese name, like John or Joe. Uh, But my parents left the day Saigon fell to the communists. They escaped bombs, bullets, and violence, and traveled all the way to Anchorage, Alaska. And they took one look around and said, maybe we we're being a little hasty about the communists. <laughs> like they were told about uh, roads paved in gold. And they looked around and there were no roads <laughs> at all. I mean, my mom experienced some real culture shock. Uh, she was pregnant with me and my two older sisters were they were really, really little, and my dad was a longshoreman, so he worked the graveyard shift. One night, very recently, when they arrived in Anchorage, they heard pounding on the door, and there were masked people shouting. My mom thought she had traveled halfway across the world to be murdered, but it was worse. They were yelling, trick-or-treat! And that is the worst thing you could ever do to a poor refugee family is to demand and beg and take their food. You are not going to take my mom's whatchamacallit even from her dead fingers. <laughs> never. Never. Uh, but you know, I am a public defender. I am a dad. And I love stand up comedy. Uh, I have a really busy life. So I always. Uh, really perplexes me why my wife wants another baby. Look, don't get me wrong, I love our two kids, but I know I would hate that third one. (laughs) Knowing our luck statistically, that next kid is going to be a sociopath. So we did the next best thing, we compromised, and we got a puppy. Yeah, but every night around 2 to 3 AM while I'm waiting outside and it's cold and I'm waiting for this dog to take a shit, I have a new appreciation for sociopaths. Speaking of sociopaths, uh, I really love my job. I love being a public defender. (laughs) And one of the great things about being a public defender, I can give people hope and I can really uh, see it materialize. I had a client that was facing life in prison. The only thing that he wanted was a cheeseburger from McDonald's. And I said, that's worth losing my bar card over. Let's do it. So I went to McDonald's and I cut the contraband into quarters and let it air out, and then I put it in a plastic bag. I put it into my coat pocket and I walked into a jail interview room and I had my client have his back turned away from the bailiffs so they couldn't see him. And I said, get ready, here it comes. And I passed it beneath the table and he took it and I said, not yet. Now, go ahead, chew it. You're good. Ready? Here's the next one. Now. Stop. Go ahead. Finish it. Two more. I'm gonna give you both of them. Job. And that's how I smuggled in a cheeseburger to a client. It may sound stupid, but it was such a monumental moment of humanity that we shared. And it was uh, one of the reasons why he trusted me, and that's one of the reasons why we beat a murder case. And it's one of the reasons why I feel justified in giving my kids McDonald's. <laughs> The ultimate symbol of hope, a McDonald's cheeseburger, okay? So don't feel bad if you give your your kids or uh, small children really shitty fast food because it means more than that, okay? Uh, You know, it is really, really stressful being a public defender, and I love it. Um, I'm always in court, I'm always fighting the good fight, but there was a murder case where my client was charged in a drive-by shooting facing 50 to life. We spent a year fighting that case. And we spent a year negotiating and litigating to a point where we could hopefully get uh, some type of deal where he could be out uh, before he was 40. And I had to explain there is life after 40. It's not as bad as you think. It is bad, but it's not that bad. And on the day of trial, we got that deal. And you know what he said to me? V, how do you expect an innocent man to plead guilty? And I did what anyone else would do in my situation. As the jurors were coming down, I went outside the courtroom, I took out my phone and got on LinkedIn and started looking for other jobs. (laughs) White collar criminal defense, fuck that. Civil litigate, attorney for insurance company. That's even grosser. Security guard for Facebook (laughs) fills coffee. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I didn't even know why. That was actually a job that came up on my LinkedIn list, and I felt like it was tapping into my subconscious because that would be a really cool job. But let me just say that I realized that every other fucking lawyer job was so shitty that it made me appreciate my job, and I stood up and I went into that courtroom and I tried that case, all right? Uh, That's my stress reliever, but now that I have a puppy, an emotional support dog, I don't need to get on LinkedIn anymore. One of the challenges uh, in my job is that we really see and fight some bullshit cases. I remember uh, I had a client who was African-American, late 50s, schizophrenic. He got convicted of having less than a third of a gram of heroin, and he got sentenced to 14 years in state prison here in San Francisco. I remember a juror came up to me after the uh, trial and set up a meeting. sat down with him, and he said, you know what? Your client was, like, that guy, I don't know, um, Brooks from Shawshank Redemption. I thought he probably would have done better staying in prison. It's fucked up, right? And in my head, I was like, you dick, you just ruined my favorite movie. (laughs) I really wish that you would ruin, I don't know, like... Overboard or Legends of the Fall, a movie that I really wish uh, I hated. But it doesn't stop there. It does not stop there. Uh, one of the the uh, things I, I really enjoy about the job is you never really know what to expect day to day it's challenging. It's always fascinating. I need to connect with my clients. One time I had a client who was completely shackled in County Orange. He came out into court, looked me up and down and said, it's a true story. I ain't letting no chink represent me. And I turned to him and I said, I ain't no chink. I'm a gook. (laughs) And he nodded and we moved on. Like, you wanna be racist? I'm gonna be more racist, all right? You like sports? I like sports too. You wanna talk politics? I'm down. Whatever it takes to connect, all right? Because when people ask me, man, it must be so hard being a public defender. Yeah, it is, but I feel like it is such a break from being a dad. (laughs) For, For like, you know, like a moment in my life especially when I'm in trial and I see all the stress, Uh, I forget that I have a minivan and I wear Crocs when I'm not in court. That is real, that is real. And it is gratifying when I can forget that particular moment. This is frustrating too, just being a public defender, being in the criminal justice system. I really find it uh, just so frustrating when all my progressive friends Ask me, how can I get out of jury duty? Right? I mean, in one moment they're like, Black Lives Matter, unless I have reservations to French Laundry. <laughs> or like they're like, hey, hey, ho, ho, racist cops have got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho. Uh, I just got tickets to Burning Man, and uh, there's no way I could refund them at all because like my girlfriend's dad is coming to, and this is the first time we're all going to be together. So I would um, just like to get out of jury duty. You know who really loves jury duty? Racists. (laughs) I have seen it firsthand. So I always encourage my friends to, when they're in court, at least stick around for a day so I can press the prosecutors to waste a peremptory challenge. I know that's a really deep legal joke. Uh, that's just for me. I apologize. It was there, it was there. Uh, but I am very, very appreciative of you know what I get to do um, and this is pretty amazing just being here, you know cracking jokes. I mean, I, I feel bad This is one thing too. I know some of my friends showed up and I don't really believe in social media So it always amazes me that people are following and really listening on social media Which makes me think that um, I should not post anything on social media anymore <laughs> No, but I, do, I really do appreciate uh all my friends who are here to support local live comedy. Uh, That's my time. I, I really wish I had double the time, but I'm really pumped to see some other comedians who are 10 times funnier than me. So thank you very much, Pam. Give it up, Pam's Comedy Clubhouse.
0: Alaska win, everybody. Public defender, dad, what doesn't he do? gonna be doing tire changes out on the street there in a little bit gonna uh, help birth a baby or something in a bathroom he's saving lives it's amazing I, I haven't, I do, I have been to jury duty. I go, I religiously go. The thing is they don't want me. (laughs) Like I get up there on the, I always bring a lot of flyers because I find it to be a really good marketing opportunity, you know, to pass out flyers to everybody. And I've been up there like, and they'll ask, they'll say, um, juror number 10, what's your name and your occupation? And I'll say, Pam Benjamin, stand up comic, usually get out a laugh out of that. And then I just proceed to try to make people laugh. And they usually just say juror 10, get the, fuck out of here this isn't we're not gonna listen to your antics for the next two weeks in this case um so the way the way to get out of jury duty is to just be yourself be a socialist communist weirdo who's like what would i do i'm telling jokes and passing out flyers (laughs) They, they never want you uh your next comedian man she is wanted everywhere just people clamoring to get no I love your jokes I think I think you're great (laughs) is that terrible I just keep digging pits and then just like getting into them and like trying to get the dirt on top of myself with like little bits uh no I love her very much I think she's super super funny and I'm glad you're gonna be here she's there's a lot there's very political jokes here tonight and stuff and it's gonna be a lot of fun Put your hands together. Well, no, everyone's Heesby was political, and, you, and you're like, but you have all these political... Okay, cool. Everybody, clap your hands together. It's Journey Roberts. Yay! I
1: actually... Is this, I actually really like uh, Pitts much better. They're a lot better than this person. Super funny. Like, set expectations as low as possible before you bring my ass up. I'm totally chill with that. Uh, I would also like to f- thank Mr. Wynn's friends for being here because <laughs> you're the room. Thanks so much. Uh, how, do you, how do you hide uh, from your clients that you're a comic? They're in jail. That's how you do that. <laughs> it's such a huge character flaw. Like I think if I found out my public defender was a comedian, I'd be like, <laughs> can we get one of those like alcoholic, narcoleptic public defenders I hear so much about because comedians are psychopaths they'll do shit just for the bit <laughs> 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 like <laughs> just, just so they can talk about the shit later uh, so I'd be like no thank you uh, but that's me I am uh, political I'm trying to get away from that uh, obviously the last couple years because it's all so I think the universe is just a uh, I I don't think there are bad things anymore. I think the universe is just really into immersion therapy. <laughs> like, like, you know, like the Buddhist thing of there's no bad of like, there. you know, don't be afraid of spiders or Nazis. We'll do the whole, <laughs> 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 like we're gonna, here's what's fun. Let's do something fun. Like let's bring America to the wokest they've ever been and then put in the most regressive government. Like fun, right? All kinds of, fun. I don't know. I was still trying to get a handle on like 2006. <laughs> like I <I've, laughs> I have no idea. I don't know, but I was thinking the other day about uh my phone and Bugs Bunny. Like do you remember Bugs Bunny had the portable hole? Like Looney Tunes had the the hole you could move around and you thought thaw- <laughs> so silly, ridiculous. That could never happen. Cartoons, so ridiculous, they did it. Uh, they, did, they did it, I fall into my phone. <laughs> like 12 times a day minimum, That's they did it. They, congratulations, we, I don't know if we celebrate all the milestones. Like I think that's a big, like, like the first time like a unmarried couple moved into an apartment and no one said anything, no one noticed. Like that's where the huge milestones happen is the shit that like no one even comments on. We all just pretend like shit is normal. Uh, it's just fine. It's just fine. Uh, so, Christmas. I think I I do. I am super political. Like like all. It's just it just seeps into every part of my. Like I was thinking. Like they tell us about Santa Claus early on, just so they can they can like shoehorn in all the other propaganda. <laughs> Cause that's the weirdest fucking lie to tell a child. <laughs> In the world, like a big fat guy is gonna come down into our house, break into our house in the middle of the night, and he's not gonna take anything, <laughs> and he's not gonna hurt anybody. He's gonna leave you better off, <laughs> like he's gonna leave you riches. And they after the, like if that sinks in when you're six, like the, anything, like they can get you on anything. Like there's there's no lie that they can't tell you if you buy Santa Claus when you're fi- that's why they play uh, like the like duck duck goose is one of the first not duck duck goose uh musical chairs musical chairs is one of the first things they teach you cuz you you have to know that we're building losers right in <laughs> like some of you life is just going to suck for you oh no the cracks are there all right uh I'm always going, why are there cracks? No, we like the cracks. Like, <laughs> We're going to build a civilization on human sacrifice again and again and again. And no one's ever going to talk about it. It's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, I don't know. I hear celebrities complaining but They're like, what's all this talk about the real people? Like, why are, why are middle Americans always talking about the real people? Because uh, your bitch kids are in fucking private school. That's why. All right. Uh, If anyone wanted to know the difference uh, between real people and the rest of you, if your kids are in private school, that's the one. Uh. Hi, Radioland. You see how all the temperature in this room just dropped to the floor, because we're in San Francisco, and no one in this room who has kids is sending them to public school, fucking. (laughs) No, not one, there's not one person, there's not one parent in this room who would even think about sending their kids to our fucking public schools, which is a big fuck you, but we won't notice, we just, we're, it's, nothing's happening. <sighs> Zen, Buddhism, nothing is happening, nothing is happening. Nothing, but I'm a, a, a cunt. I'm finally coming to it, I'm just, I've decided, like, I fi- like it's hard to know if you're growing as a person, because you don't give a shit anymore what people think about you, or... Maybe you're just a cunt. It could go either way. I'm finally getting there. Like I'm, I'm just a mean. Per, I'm just a, I'm pro bullying. Is anyone else in favor of bullying? I know I'm the only person in San Francisco who's pro body shame and pro bullying. I really am. I, I figured out I was pro bullying while listening to the people right over there at NPR. Because uh, some people need to be bullied. There was this guy on NPR, he's super broken up because when he was 15, some kids threw him in a lake. So he went back to his high school reunion to tell those people he makes more money than they do, which I'm pretty sure is why that little bitch got his ass thrown in a fucking lake, guys. (laughs) Bullying is just quality control gone wrong. Like, (laughs) some people need to be bullied. Like if, like if no one had ever told you that you were boring and you smell funny, you could still be walking around like that. Someone was kind enough to take that bullet for you. I'm saying hug a bully, guys. They're doing the Lord's work. Uh, But I mean, uh, my last boyfriend, I, I used to hurt his feelings just by agreeing with him. Which is my favorite way to hurt a person's feelings, like it's the best people want you to argue with them he was always he always wanted to sit me down and be like no babies I don't want any babies and I was always like yeah we're we're all good Sparky no one is trying to trap you buddy you can you can fucking relax I don't know his sperm didn't taste special to me like maybe I'm wrong maybe there's 58th president floating around that little ball sack of his just I couldn't taste it, but what do I know? Uh, (laughs) So he's gone. Uh, Someone uh, tried to give me uh, condolences the other day. They were like, we're so sorry that he burned your bus down. And I was like, oh, that's not my bus. That's the other dumb bitch's bus. (laughs) Because now two dumb bitches have bought that guy one bus. All right. I'm one of them. No judgment. I'm just saying, sometimes that's all there is in life is you have to look back and go, well, at least he didn't burn my bus down. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes that's just what there is in life. Um, Matthew, I know all the good peace bots hit me up later. Uh, I thought I was hot shit because I owned a bus in the world. Now I'm just one of the dirty van people. <laughs> like Matthew. <laughs> uh, I come from car people, so I really felt like I was moving up in the world. You know, you want your kids to do better than you do. I went all the way to bus. <laughs> Got knocked back down to van. God damn it. Uh. <laughs> Shit is hard. Uh, no, It's funny. Um, my parents met in what they call a religious community. Uh, A cult is up in Marin County, and uh, it came up on my feed the other day. A comic posted an interest in going to see a film about this guy. I was so shocked to see something not by my dad that was this guy. Uh, Franklin Jones, not Jim Jones. Uh, By this much Kool-Aid. All right. Uh, Not that Jones. Different Jones. Just another white guy ripping off (laughs) Eastern religions in order to get laid. Uh... (laughs) which accurately describes my parents' marriage, I think. Uh, we got kicked out before I was born. Uh, I don't think we got like escorted off the property. I think we just got like mean-girled out of the <laughs> higher circles. Uh, my dad decided he was also enlightened, and the guru didn't think that was funny at all. <laughs> like, no, nah, they were like, you've gotta go. But I feel like, I mean, my name is Journey, like you knew all this about me right when I walked on stage, right? Like, lived in a bus, (laughs) parents met in a cult. Like, (laughs) you knew all that uh, already. So finally figuring some shit out. Finally figuring out dudes. Finally figured out that uh, I like a girl with a little bit of mystery means shut your fucking mouth. It's just a really sweet way to tell you to shut up. That's true. Uh, I have woman problems. Does anyone else have problems with women? My problem are with the hashtag not a feminist. Cunts. Does anyone know these little children on Twitter? These little girls with the hashtag not all men. Like not all men, just like enough of you. That's all it takes. I don't know. When I hear a woman say that she's not a feminist, I think, like, maybe some bitches really do just belong in kitchens. <laughs> like, maybe maybe they were right about some of us. If a woman ever tells you she's not a feminist, I recommend you get your coffee order in right there. That's what that girl's there for. Uh, for feminism, this is all in the name of progressive feminism. I told you, you have to be mean to people. It's important. It's really important. I'm not saying you should hit your kids. I'm saying you should leave them places and hope for the best. It's really important that we're mean to each other in order to be kind and not nice and I'm not ending on a laugh. There's this Maya Angelou quote people trot out all the time. She said, people don't remember what you do and they don't remember what you say. They only remember how you make them feel and that is why I don't respect you. Have a good night.
0: Journey Roberts, one of my favorite people. Yay! She's just a big marshmallow. Don't worry. She's just a big marshmallow. But you are. You're a nice person underneath the crusty exterior. But that's because of the van living, I think, not because of anything else. Your next comedian, what a funny guy he is. He's been traveling, I keep watching him now that I'm finally joined the rest of the world on Instagram. Like I was the last person on MySpace to join Facebook and now I was basically like the last person in the world to join Instagram. But I've been uh, following his outrageously rad career in shows he's been happening down in LA. And um, he's so funny, he's gonna be uh, famous someday. You guys are gonna remember him. And uh, all of his funny things. Put your hands together, everybody, for Clay Newman! Yay!
6: (laughs) You go for Pam, man, running this great fucking show. 37 years she's been running this show. It's amazing. Nobody tell Pam about Snapchat. She doesn't need to know. She's good on Instagram. Like, Pam gets on Snapchat, it's just gonna be fucking pictures of her getting her cat's eye all the time. Just real, real lucid shit. Uh... You guys are awesome. Thank you for hanging out at Mutiny Radio. Just if bad cocaine was a building, that's what Mutiny Radio would be. Uh, It's just like all of this art is meant to talk about it for 30 seconds. They get bored to move on to another piece. It's really good. I like Mutiny Radio a lot. Uh, And I appreciate you guys being here. I don't know if you know this about us stand-up comedians, but we need you guys. We do, we need you. We can't do this without you. There's no band practice for us. There's no rehearsals. I'm apparently not allowed to say a joke in the shower and then proclaim Ha ha ha. ha, ha. That is pretty funny. We need you guys. You realize if none of you were here right now, this wouldn't be a performance. Logistically, if none of you were here, this would be schizophrenia. <laughs> this would just be another problem, wandering in from Bart. It's like that old saying, you know, if a comic tells a joke in the woods and no one is there to laugh. Did I get too fucked up on that camping trip? I don't know. I'm telling zingers to trees again. I may have. That's my camping buddy back there. Me and Sun Tzu, we've had some times with those trees. It's like, stop calling him Willow. That's an oak. Fuck you, Sun Tzu. I'll call my tree friend what I want. I do like part of the allure of muni radio is you get to hang out in like like the mission, the proper mission, the old mission, the Donna Terras mission, where people just serve you tacos off of a loose grill, just like just a grill they made from Ikea, just they assembled it half from Ikea, half from whatever the Chinese version of Ikea is. they just fucking threw a grill together and they left it on the sidewalk for you. I fucking love this neighborhood uh it has changed though it it has. All of a sudden, a financial diversity that never used to exist in the mission. All of a sudden, on a single block out here, you could see the wealthiest person that's ever existed walking by a level of destitution that Charles Dickens couldn't come up with in a fever dream. One block! One block! You're walking out 21st and you just think like... The fuck? Is that the actual Monopoly man? What is happening? Why is he on a power scooter? I don't get this city anymore. This is silly, man. Ah, oh, come on. Are you pooping and shooting heroin? Jesus. How do you have such good balance? But it's all good. I'm not complaining. They're all my brothers. It's all family. You know, we're, we're all the same people. Because deep down, when puss comes to shove, both of those folks are just like, well, you have a fuck Trump, right? So it's all good. We're all friends. Yeah, goddamn right. Thank you, Pam. I'm dressed super fancy right now. I should address it. This feels weird. I feel like like this is me trying my best, and apparently my best is like the jazz pianist on a cruise line. That's what this look like. Even me dressing up, I still look like the help, like, or at best the talent. Like that's. Never part of the party. I feel like the most I've achieved is you guys are assuming that it's a nice whiskey in here and not a shitty one. Like, that's that's the most the suit has done for me is you're assuming that it's bullet in here and not Jim Beam like it actually is. <laughs> Cheers, y'all. Uh, yeah, this is – it's weird. Like, it is weird to me, and I know it's weird to the rest of the world because – the guy that runs the liquor store commented on it. Like, I am here often enough to hear he just looked at me and he's like, you're looking good today, my friend. And I'm like, oh, you have a racist accent that I gave you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you ever realize you shouldn't commit to something and then it's too late? Then it happens and you just have a whole fucking a poo moment. Just, uh, it's going to be a documentary about this, Pam. This is going to be rough. Too bad. I got to stick to white accents. That's safe. Just angry gay Germans. That's like, that's the world you're allowed to make fun of. Just effeminate Germans. I can't do, I can't do a soft German. There's no, like, if you ever hear a German that's not yelling, fucking run. It's like, there's, the only thing scarier than a German yelling is... Just a German who has something to whisper into your ear. It's poison. Get out of there! <laughs> Run away from that whispering German. It's scary. The only thing scarier than a whispering German is a high-pitched Russian. That's the only thing. Because every Russian lives at this beautiful low octave. Yes, he does like this from the vodka. <laughs> but then, if you ever meet this Russian who talks up here, they're going to murder you. You're going to die immediately. They're going to turn you into vodka. You think it's made of potatoes? No. It's made of Americans. That's <laughs> how they get their power. I had the only person I ever met with the high Russian voice. It was, a, it was actually a singing instructor that they assigned to us. I went to San Francisco State. Go Gators. Uh, we didn't have a big budget. We had the budget for, I think, escaping refugees. I think that's what happened. Like She wanted to get out of Ukraine, so we made her teach some stupid stoners how to sing. Uh, that was the deal, and I think she got the worst end of it I tried to learn some stuff. I tried to. I listened. The best lesson she ever taught us was you must sing from the stomach. Everything must come from the stomach. When I learned how to sing, my teacher, he tell us, you sing from the stomach. And when you don't, he kneel you in the stomach. And then you don't forget. Horrifying. Horrifying. We're just headed to Rift Town right now. That's what's happening. Just Mutiny Radio is just a fucking one-way ticket to Rift Town. I love that. <laughs> I'm about to say. You get to see, like, you know when you're watching a Netflix special? You're like, God damn it. This is so amazing and polished. I wonder how they come up with this shit. It's drunk right here. That's how it happens. That's how it goes in front of you lovely people. I'll tell you a little about myself. Um, I am an up-and-coming comedian. You know, uh, I'm a working Actor, which, as you all know, means uh, I drive for Uber. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm sad to say it, but I'm giving one of you a ride home after this. So, hush, hush about the whiskey thing. You know, you, you you don't say nothing. I'll get you home safely. It'll be fine. I'll stop that ride early. That last couple blocks, those are on me. I'm your buddy. People have weird questions about Uber. They're like, you let strangers in your car? Like in San Francisco, you just let strangers put themselves in your car. Who's the craziest person that's... San Francisco, I bet the craziest people get... What's the craziest thing that's ever happened in your car? And I think that they're thinking of the bus. (laughs) I've lived in San Francisco for 13 years. Muni's how crazy commutes in this town. You know, you need a credit card to get in my car. Shit can't get that wild. There are rules and an Uber. There are no rules on the bus. It's the wild west out there on the bus. They say there are rules. They say there's a camera at the front of the bus to enforce the rules. But if you look closely, that camera at the front of the bus, that shit's just a sticker. Just peel it off. Do whatever you want. Like, I've never had somebody get in my car, just for example, uh, pull out a Swisher and a knife, you know where this is going, cut the swisher, dump the tobacco on the ground, which is rude, fill it with weed and shrooms, which I didn't know you could do, and then smoke it via transit. That would never happen in an Uber, that's a fine probably, like definitely a one star rating. (laughs) I've seen that shit on Muni seven times. Seven times, it's exciting, but it's scary. I don't know how to react. You want to ask if you could hit it, but he's still got the knife out. Okay. (laughs) Mixed messages, amigo. I guess that one's a solo blunt. (laughs) I'm dressed like this because I, I had to go make friends with all of my girlfriend's coworkers. She works at a Catholic school, uh, so I got sat next to a goddamn priest tonight. I got sat next to a goddamn priest tonight, and I can't tell you, this isn't going to be funny, but I just need to get it off my chest. At a certain point, he's like, I feel like school was a lot better when it was just boys. I'm like, fuck! Don't talk about you fucking boys! All right, don't talk about anything else. Giants. Fucking sexy-ass boys on the Giants, right? No, all right, anything else. Anything else? What a gross people. Uh, the Catholics? How do you still, how do you not shut down business if you fuck a bunch of kids? That's like, the people who tried to murder us Jews so many times. Never fucked kids. <laughs> never, like, you know, we're you know, Harvey Weinstein, not great to women, but he waited. I'll give him that. Yeah, like I said, not funny, but... I just like that I, I, I you'll find some edgy Jews in December. It happens. This isn't a good this isn't a good month for us. We're just yeah, I just look at you and I just think like, yeah, get the fuck out, Jew boy. Like that's all this sick ass sweater. I wish I could wear that. I'm just jealous. <laughs> you know when it comes down to it, I I shouldn't be mad because the best Jewish holiday is Christmas. It is. It's the best. We do it different than you guys. Like there's no like awesome presents or ham or love. (laughs) But we have a Christmas. Every year, the Jews, we get together with our best friends, closest family, and we eat Chinese food and we go and see a movie. And I I know that doesn't sound cool to you, but I hope you understand that is better than every actual Jewish holiday. (laughs) That's our best one! It sucks! Every Jewish holiday, just like thousands of years ago, a bunch of us died. Let's remember that through f- shitty food. That's, that's a Jewish holiday. The big one is Passover. That's the big one. And in Passover, it's a very important part of the meal that you take parsley. It's green, it's from the earth, it represents life. You take the parsley and you dip it into salt water because the salt water represents the tears of your ancestors. It's the saddest fucking condiment I've ever heard of. Are you kidding me? What kind of appetizer is that? Give me carrot six and ranch dressing. Tell me it's my grandpa's coming, dick. I don't care. I don't care. I'm hungry. This is a bullshit meal. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm. It was worth it, though. It was worth it to go and deal with kid fuckers tonight. I got a girlfriend now. It's fine. She looks like me. That's not good. Um. Like, because this isn't what people want to see when they look up fucking relative porn. Like, that's not, you want to see some Mormons banging, not just a mess of curly hair. That's not good. We fucking make out, our hair gets stuck together like braces in middle school. It's bad. We just got to get, like, a roommate to come and pry us apart. I can't be Big Spoon. I can't be Little Spoon. Forever. Because she's not, like, she's she's not a big girl, but she's got broad shoulders. And whenever I hold her, I just see myself... I don't like it. I fart more than I thought I would. I hope she doesn't listen to this. I, I, she comes to enough shows. I really got to work it out when she's not here. But I forgot this is being recorded. <laughs> this might end up in a talk. But no, uh, I'm very like she's awesome. She's cool. She's a musician. I'm jealous. I wish I was a musician. I'd be a musician if I could. You wouldn't. I wouldn't be fucking here telling jokes if I had a musician fingers. I got stupid fingers. It's bullshit. I'd be a musician first, then probably a painter, then comedian. I think like that would be the goal. Cause I I wish I, w- I wish I could even just draw. Like you know how. Everybody in your minds, you all know what a horse looks like, right? Like, everybody in this room, their brain knows what a horse looks like. My brain knows what a horse looks like. I don't have a dumb brain. But for some reason, when my brain tells my hand to make a horse, shit gets crazy. (laughs) Something in between brain and hand forgets what a fucking horse looks like. And it just gets wild. It just gets bad. It looks like your sweater if a moth got to it. Just, like, I don't know what this fucking animal is. I don't know why it has swastikas for eyes. Why... Why did this get racist? Well, I think we could say this has been the greatest comedy show you guys have ever been to. (laughs) Can we say that? I'm gonna say that, yeah. I think we're there. Friends now. (laughs) But I know, like I said at the beginning, we do appreciate you being here. We really do. We we appreciate it and we need it and we're thankful for it. And as far as myself goes, I do wonder where this shit's going for me, like (laughs) <laughs> I'm talking about my girlfriend's boss fucking kids on stage. That's not good. <laughs> but I wonder i wonder if one day, maybe, you guys will be watching Netflix. And what if you think of the time you saw me here and you say to yourselves, that Clay Newman guy, I wonder if he's watching Netflix too? <laughs> Probably, y'all. Thank you so much for hanging out. You got a beast of a headliner coming up. I love you.
0: Keep it going for Clay Newman. He has a girlfriend. Yeah. That is exciting. That is exciting. Netflix does shape all of our lives. Absolutely. I recently saw a documentary on there about feminism and I was like, oh, it is real. (laughs) Netflix said so. It's real. I just don't believe it unless it's on Netflix. All right, your headliner is so amazing. You guys are in for such a treat. Uh, he's like the creator of the biggest thing for comics in it's a big Bay Area comedy network and he's super funny. He's been headlining shows all over the Bay Area for years and years and he's really awesome. So clap your hands wildly for Matt Gubser! Yay!
7: What well, Pam was saying is I plateaued. That's Pink. This is we're on the downward slope right now. Uh I uh, I moved out to the suburbs recently because I gave up. Uh I live in Concord now. It is very far from everything. Uh there's not a lot going on. Uh but in my defense I think I could probably be unhappy anywhere. Uh I did find my new favorite thing there. Uh it's a store I had never been to before. I don't know if you guys have been to it. It's called Grocery Outlet. It is the most amazing place in the world. If you haven't been to Grocery Outlet, uh, it's like a regular grocery store, but it's full of terrible ideas. It's a discount grocery store, so it's like, it's like overstock and failed new flavors. You're like, a uh, cantaloupe Gatorade? I didn't know that existed, but it's 40 cents. I guess I'm buying 30 of them. It's fun. It's very exciting because you, you, know, you, you go in there and you, it's, you don't know what you're going to find. It's, you're, you're full of hope. You're like, you're hoping, you know it's going to be mostly crap, but you're hoping you find some overlooked hidden gem that somehow the rest of the world has discarded and has gone underappreciated. Uh, it's sort of like if dating in your 40s was a grocery store. Uh, there's weird shit in there. There's weird shit. Uh, I saw this last week. Uh, chocolate-flavored beef protein powder. Did you know that existed? That somebody thought that was a good idea. Somebody risked their career on that. That's the thing you have to realize about grocery outlet. Is like every product that ended up there uh, was a the result of someone losing their job. That's chocolate-flavored beef protein powder. <laughs> somebody somebody's like hey you guys know chocolate milk how everybody loves that let's take this shit to the next level (laughs) chocolate cows look we take a cow we kill it we grind it up we dry it we make it taste like candy i don't see where it's going this goes wrong i don't see a problem with this idea at all you have to make choices you have to make hard choices you have to live in the moment when you're in grocery outlet because if you find something you like like, that might be the last batch of that thing in the entire world. You have to decide, oh, I'm, I'm going to buy one of these and hope it's here when I come back next time. I'm going to wait for it to go down from $0.99 cents to $0.25 cents and then just buy the world stock of it. I live in the suburbs now, so this is what passes for excitement in my life. is grocery shopping decisions. <laughs> my uh, my oldest kid just started going to school in new york uh uh it, i'm a little concerned about her just cuz she's um she's dumb <laughs> i mean she's not super dumb she got into college okay but just she's she grew up in small towns and she's always been a little naive so i'm a little worried about her uh, I was talking to her after she'd been out there for a few days. I was like, how do you like New York? You've been able to see the, see the city at all? You've been able to have time to explore? And she goes, yeah. Uh, I was out walking around yesterday, and then I met this guy, and then he bought me pizza, and then he showed me around the city. I was like, OK. That, that's probably my fault. <laughs> like, I know we went over don't take candy from strangers when you were little. We definitely covered don't take alcohol from strangers. I probably just skipped right over don't take pizza from strangers. That one's on me. Not even your fault. She goes, Dad, he wasn't even a stranger. By the time we had lunch, we were basically friends. I was like, oh, that's not what happened. That guy was trying to sleep with you. She goes, Dad, gross, he's 35. like, yeah, you're 18. He was definitely trying to sleep with you. 35-year-old men are not friends with 18-year-old girls. 35-year-old men hang out with 18-year-old girls because 18-year-old girls don't know any better. That's the only reason. I hate, that's my least favorite part about having daughters is you have to, you have to explain men to them. You have to, having to explain men to your daughters is like having to tell them that Santa isn't real all over again. Like, honey, remember when you were little and we told you that there was a man who came into your house and left you a bunch of presents because he was so nice? That's not true. That guy was trying to sleep with you. (laughs) I just got a dog, Uh, any dog people in here? This is San Francisco, you legally have to be dog people. Uh, They don't tell you when you adopt a dog that you also adopt every other person who also has a dog. You have automatic membership into the cult of dog people, and then you have to pretend to be friends with those people whenever you see each other in public for no goddamn reason whatsoever. Just four-minute conversations with everybody else who has a dog. For Why? Why? Oh, look at us. We both got things on ropes. I guess we're friends now. (laughs) What kind of thing is your thing? Oh, mine is a different thing. Is your thing nice? Mine is sometimes. We'll see. This is fun. We both have poop in our hands. I just have all these conversations where we just stare at each other's dogs the entire time with just no eye contact. I have no idea what any of my neighbors look like from the knees up. My dog is, she's very large. She weighs 130 pounds, which is a lot of dog. But I'm a pretty big guy. She's a pretty big dog. So from like a block away, we look perfectly normal. And then we just keep getting bigger. (laughs) Like, hey, there's a normal thing. They're getting bigger, coming closer. They should be here by now, still getting bigger. I don't know what's happening. Uh, she, uh, she looks like, from a block away, she looks like a Labrador. And that's what everybody thinks she is. And then she gets up close. And like, did she eat a Labrador on the way here? Uh, everyone assumes she's a Labrador, except homeless people who always know exactly what she is. Everybody else in the world is like, Labrador? Every homeless person is like, Anatolian Shepherd. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Excellent use of library time, sir. <laughs> my, uh, my girlfriend and I had been talking about getting a dog for a while. We'd been discussing a dog and we'd also been discussing, exploring an open relationship. Um, I thought we were having two conversations. Turns out we were just having one conversation and we got a dog. That was, that was not my first option. Not because I wanted to see other people. I, uh, I'm not a great boyfriend. I feel like st- trying to see additional people would be like trying to add more classes when you're like a C-minus student. <laughs> like I'm just gonna end up on academic probation. There's no way this works out well. Uh, but the open relationship sounded like less work. I was like, wait, you're gonna date other men, but I don't have to walk them or feed them, right? Let's do that, I'll be here when you get home. Uh, We've been together for seven years. Uh, I'm Pretty sure this is it for both of us. Uh, I don't really believe in the idea of soulmates or anything like that, it's just that both of us have long histories of staying in bad relationships longer than we should. And this one is okay, so I just assume it's gonna go forever. (laughs) You know, if love doesn't keep us together, inertia definitely will. That's what nobody talks about. One of those secrets to long term relationship success. Complacency is a really big part of that. <laughs> How did you know there were one? Just, you know, a really kind, great sense of humor, just tell he was never going anywhere. <laughs> just in general. Just the idea of soulmates is a weird idea to me, you know. The idea that there's just one person out there for you on the entire planet. There's seven billion people here. If there's only one you think you could get along with, you sound like a dick. <laughs> and maybe it's you, That's all I'm saying. Seven. Bi- that's a lot, that's a lot. Like one in a million is a phrase that we like to use to make things sound amazing and special and unique. But one in a million out of seven billion is 7,000. Which means there's 7,000 one in a million people out there. Probably statistically, like those people are spread evenly around the globe, right? There's a better chance that those 7,000 people live in third world countries, currently in the middle of famines or revolution. There's a better chance of that than those people go to your Starbucks, is what I'm saying. (laughs) Which is why apps like Tinder make no sense at all to me. Like, why are you going to limit yourself to people who are right next to you? You're going to go out for dinner with people from a place where you both know there's already plenty of food? That's mean. So I am working on a dating app called Hunger where you can meet potential third world soulmates and keep them alive long enough to know that you want to see other people. That joke is not for everybody, Uh, just like food it turns out. Uh, I was reading about world hunger. Um, The United Nations says it would take 30 billion dollars a year to end world hunger to feed every starving person on the planet it would cost 30 billion dollars a year and americans spend 60 billion dollars a year trying to lose weight <laughs> isn't that insane like we we spend enough money to not only feed every starving person in the world but to make all of those starving people fat we spend it on ourselves trying not to die because we ate all the food. <laughs> That's so messed up. Like, there's got to be some sort of solution we can come up with to deal with both of those problems at the same time. I think, I think we should have some sort of government registry where uh, if you're trying to lose weight, instead of signing up for Weight Watchers or a gym membership, you just sign up for that registry and then we'll fly a starving refugee to come sit across from you and watch you eat all your meals. I just don't think you're going to make it through the entire 12-inch sandwich with those hollow puppy dog eyes staring at you that's yes you can have the other half the chips you want the chips too they're sun chips you're not even gonna like them (laughs) seven years that i know that that's not really a long time but it seems it feels like a long time like my girlfriend is amazing she's a great person like i could go to every third world country and not find a better person than her I mean, thinner, sure, but not better. Uh. But seven years is long enough to get bored. If you guys are in relationships, you guys know that. That's long enough to get bored. And I think that you have to get bored. That's a normal. That's how your brain keeps you alive, is boredom. Because like, we, we all have those beginning parts when you first meet somebody and you're crazy. Like, you, you're, you turn into a crazy person. When you meet somebody you get excited about, you get obsessive. You just think about them all the time and you text them and you wait for them. You're like, what are they doing? Why haven't they returned it? When are they gonna see them next? You you turn into an idiot and then you have, maybe it goes well. Like maybe you get that first couple dates and those goes well and then you get a, a date that turns into like a full weekend where you're just fucking and then Netflix and ice cream until you can fuck again for like 48 hours straight. You have to get bored. At some point your brain has to kick in and say, I've already come on all those body parts. Maybe I should go to work today. Either that or I'm going to end up living in a van. uh, (laughs) Uh, Nothing personal. There's so many many comedians who talked about living in vans today. We should have had this show in a parking lot. I think (laughs) boredom and complacency. I think those are two of the keys to long-term relationship success. Also lying. You have to be a good liar. I think that helps. Uh, I'm pretty good at lying. We've been together. Like, I don't think I was good at lying at the beginning, but now I'm pretty good because I can't tell you the number of times my girlfriend has come to me and said, Hey, I found out about this thing on Saturday. It looks really interesting. I think we should go to it. We're going to have a lot of fun. And then I have to say, yeah, that does look like fun. Thanks for finding that. I think we're going to have a good time. I've never meant that at any point, at any point in our relationship I've ever meant. Not at the beginning, not at the middle, not what I assume is the end soon. Uh, No, there's no end, we're gonna die together in the suburbs. And I think that goes back to the open relationship thing. Because I think if we were in an open relationship, then I wouldn't have to lie as much. Because every time she came in and be like, hey, I found out about this thing on Saturday, I think we should go to it, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I could be like, no, Uh, why don't you call Steve? Steve probably needs to go for a walk. <laughs> I went to a uh I went to a funeral not too long ago uh, People ask comedians all the time where they get their material for me it's mostly funerals uh i don't know. it just gets me thinking like every time I put out another album, all it means is that uh twelve people I know died um People get uptight, just the mention of funerals. Um, If it makes you feel better, this was a funeral for an asshole. Uh, It should make you feel better. It probably doesn't. I don't know why. We all get weird about funerals. Because everybody in this room has someone who makes your life worse. Sometimes those people die. That should be a celebration, and it is never a celebration. It's weird. Uh, You ever been to a funeral where you heard so many nice things about somebody, you had to stop and make sure you were in the right place? Like, ah, just a great guy, just loved his family so much, so generous, just give you the shirt right off his back. You're like, none of this sounds right. I'm going to go check the name outside. This is today, right? This was the fun thing we're supposed to do today. (laughs) How'd he die? It was a heart attack? That's tragic, because I had murder suicide in the pool. I'm out 150 bucks. I don't know why anybody else is crying. So uh, this funeral was at a Catholic church, which was weird for me because I wasn't raised Catholic. Uh, I was raised evangelical. uh, If you're not familiar with the teams of Christianity, (laughs) if you ever turn on the news and see a Christian who's angry and yelling about something, that's an evangelical. So I'd never even been to a Catholic church until I was like 25. It's still super weird to me. At one point, they took communion, so they got a couple priests up there, you know, these old guys in their full robes, and they go in the back, and they come out carrying this giant silver chalice full of the Eucharist, the body of Christ, to take communion, and they set it down, and then everybody in the church kneels down and starts praying to the bowl of crackers. (laughs) And as an adult, I was looking around at everybody else, like, we're all totally fine with this, and they're like, yeah, we're Catholic, sometimes snacks are magic were you not here when you were six because they explained it for like two months and that's the whole problem i wasn't there when i was six i was learning other weird shit when i was six like noah was marching dinosaurs around that's what i was learning if it was a bowl full of dinosaur crackers maybe i'd be on board like but we all had that like everybody has facts in their head based on whatever weirdness our parents believe when we were little you know, those things just stick with you forever. But those facts, those ideas, are based almost entirely on where you happen to be born. Like, if you're born in South America, there's a 90% chance you're raised Catholic. Born in the Middle East, 97% chance you raise raised Muslim. India, 85% chance you're raised Hindu. Utah, 6 million percent chance you raise raised Mormon. <laughs> Every one of those regions has its own facts, its own explanations for how everything in the universe is supposed to work. I don't think that's how facts are supposed to work. I don't think universal truth is supposed to be regionally dependent. That's how being a sports fan works. Like I grew up in Northern California. I grew up a Giants fan. It was part of my childhood. We used to go to games every once in a while at Candlestick. We'd listen to games all the time on the radio. But I feel like it would be weird for me to go up to people from other parts of the world and be like, "Uh, you believe in the Yankees? They're not even real the Giants are the one true baseball team I should know I'm from there (laughs) it was pounded into my head as a child why would you question that we're we're in San Francisco right now eight million people live in this area it's named after a Catholic priest you know we're in the mission named after the old Spanish mission that was here none of this exists because Jesus is extra real in Northern California it exists because 400 years ago the Catholic Church was Isis They're like, hey, we're your new neighbors. Also, you believe in Jesus now. He said, no. Can you poke him with a sword? (laughs) Still no? Okay. Can we get some fire? Can we get some fire over here? If you're raised religious, all that really means is that at some point, your ancestors were the least flammable members of their tribe. (laughs) Amen. Is that a little weird coming from a guy who kind of looks like Jesus? Is that (laughs) a little too close to him? I feel like 10 years ago, I could have passed for white Jesus, but now like the beard's going gray, getting a little thick. I look like Jesus on his way to becoming Santa. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing Jesus died young, because he supposedly died around 30. Can you imagine what Jesus would have looked like if he hit 70? That's, times were hard 2,000 years ago. If Jesus hit 70, he would have looked like Steve Bannon. Like Nobody wants a red, puffy savior. Can you imagine that picture on your wall? It's like, oh, you kids be good. Jesus is watching. You're like, yeah, I know. It's gross. Uh, All right. Thank you, guys. You've been a lot of fun. Give it up for Pam.
0: Back up to everyone. Yay. Hey. We'll clap for yourselves. Say yay us. Yay. 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 Thanks to all of Alaska's friends for coming to the show. It's really awesome. And for the Chronicle guy and for you doing, helping out Mutiny Radio all the time, you're awesome. And again, for you guys being here tonight, tell your friends every Friday. Uh, we have a great show at 8 o'clock and tonight was especially wonderful. So clap for all the comedians you saw tonight and uh, clap for David Zunzu in the back running your ones and twos and Jonathan, your door guy and consummate. Uh, door wonderful person who uh, is still nice to me (laughs) which is surprising even when I tell jokes about him in front of him Uh, thank you guys have a good night bye
10: The counter offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store-bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing.
0: at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com and experience Subliminal SF.
10: I know anything about it. Sorry, <laughs> all so, on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from twelve to two. Uh, oh, you can. If you can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh yeah, and Google Play and Stitcher, iTunes. Oh, uh, so you already said that. TuneIn Radio, uh, Stitcher. You said that. Spotify. Oh my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media. M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter. Podcast. MOV Podcast is our handle.
8: That's what I'm saying. It's the joke workshop Mondays, six to eight p.m.s at the Mutant Radius. Yeah. Four ninety-nine.
0: Radio listener it's that time of year again March 1st through 5th it's time for the 4th annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival over 40 comics 25 shows 5 days all here at Mutiny Radio 2781 21st Street at Florida Street 25 shows 5 days amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you